0: so so what brought you into let's 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 kind of segue into that so it's the 2000s and now you're growing you have the churches you're doing cannabis activism and then the the church was it the church model the church experience that led you to the outreach with uh homeless and drug addicted and you want to No, i think what brought me into that is
1: is my upbringing i think being around my disabled mother adopted mother my disabled adoptive aunts, and um, um i i even used to volunteer uh, in Vermont for uh, a group called the finger singers. We used to perform sign line, sign language and dance routines wow. for deaf schools. And we used, and we fundraised wow. during the, the, the eighties for the American disabilities act. I helped, I helped. Wow. And, yeah. That was important wow. for me at the time. I wanted to see that happen. I didn't yeah. know I was going to come back to Canada where they have no dis federal disability act bill. I literally thought, oh, great, right. we got a disability act. And now I'm, what am I doing in Canada now? Damn. And they, they don't have one here. But yeah, I was a part of the ADA. And I really enjoyed being, a, you know, I wasn't at crib camp, but I lived all that. And with my very disabled family, I lived the, before there were uh, ramps and doors and, yeah, I took yeah. my aunt, I would we'd go swimming with my aunt and my mother and I'd, I'd have to dress and undress my aunt at poolside because there was no way to get her into the changing rooms and all these people would watch my my aunt naked and i'd have to change her you know seven eight you know years old and then i'd have to help my blind mother get changed because they wouldn't let disabled people in they felt it embarrassed other people people don't remember this stuff i don't know why they don't remember this stuff like this is our childhood guys like i i guess i was just it was just in front of me every day and i just couldn't stand it as a kid so when i learned that Uh, medicines and plant medicines were being used the same way I had no choice but to get in become part of it I mean it's it's a duty of every citizen to disobey every unjust law and people dying is unjust and dying for a color is unjust and dying for an illness is unjust so I I I can't I don't know how when people are not in like yourself or myself that are not you know being a positive part of this movement. It makes me wonder why. I mean, if they're not a handmaiden, yeah. what are they doing on the fence? Like, what's going on there, right? Like, every, you every one. I, I think a lot of Fifty percent people, of our people I are going to have cancer. Are inactive fifty or, percent of us will get uh, yeah. cancer in our lifetime. That means the other fifty percent. I think a lot of people are suffering us. from like. Yeah,
0: I I feel like a lot of people are suffering from a low level trauma or PTSD or almost Stockholm syndrome where they just have given up, either given into conspiracies or just really given up any hope that they can have any positive effect.
1: I guess my brain doesn't you know, I, that I, way. I
0: don't, I don't think a lot of... No, no, mine either, but I think what I see amongst a lot of people is, is it's not really even an empathy because they do care and they want it to be different, but it's some, there's just some, they've been disinhibited and, and, and decoupled from their ability to take the care they have for the world around them into any action. I mean, that's a big reason why I got in uh, into the media is to establish a beacon and positive messaging that other people can can find, you know, that that isn't just, you know, isn't a dire prediction or a rosy outlook, but is kind of a realistic outlook, w- along with ideas about how we might possibly navigate out of it. And 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 then ways that we as individuals can get our shit together to do so, you know, like, like just daily discipline, education. <coughs> Me, too great timing <laughs> right so um so when did you start the the outreach to the to the homeless folks in the Vancouver um area? so
1: um two thousand eighteen I started the first I, and I first started with I, I wanted to open church models and i I looked for um problem you have now and then is is obviously getting people to understand this type of model so I you know and without without once so oh so 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 let's let's back up so we were skipping a big whole okay. part why I don't have my own funding. So 2000, yeah. Oh, so okay. 2006, uh, 2017 rolls around, you know, I've got, I've got five churches running well. I've got my, my investment uh-huh. business going well. And, um, you know, um, I was one of the, one of my professors, uh, Dr. Daryl Plekis. I had do- door knocked for him to help him become, uh, a member of Legislative assembly. He was now mm-hmm. the speaker of the house and there was sort of a lot of talk about me, how my criminology degree and my drug expertise and my experience maybe being very effective in one of these roles in government, including the Minister of Cannabis job that was becoming available that I was hoping Daryl would go ahead and, and he agreed. We were already had talked. He, You know, we'd have a sort of, you know, reference me for this job and it would really, I I do the industry really well with my experience and, yeah. and, and I've got, I already got the credentials. And um, so... Out of the blue, uh, I, I don't even know if it's out of the blue. I mean, let us it probably started with, you know, with RCMP already hating me for uh, having court order for okay. cannabis, for being, you know, being injuncted, for helping people for free, you know, that they didn't probably like either. And so they, this is when they decided that, you know, they're going to try to help find some victims and they're going to come after me for having my HIV cancer. And so... I know. In other, they only do this in Canada, and they used to do it in Russia, but Canada is the only country that still charges and arrests people with HIV cancer. They call it HIV non-disclosure, and they base it on a, on a non-science, non-evidence approach. Just he say, she said, therefore convicted. And so what they, wow. what they did is they, out of nowhere, they came and put, took me and put me in, 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 in uh, Supermax. And so, of course, all my, wow. all my, all the people that were involved with me all just, you know, out of the blue, you can't get hold of me. And I'm the only one who's court ordered and protected. And for all they know, I'm dead. And so wow. overnight, three churches close, you know, and the other two basically just, uh, yeah. Wow. And uh, nobody know. And then uh, about a week in, I'm able to get myself a bail hearing. How? Because I got a copy of my medical file to the judge. And the judge said, Oh yeah, you're, you're undetectable. Of course, you've never been detectable. Well, this is silly charge for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. So the officers, um, started, got together a group of 10 of them and they tried to find, and they went and found people. Uh, they ran, um, a public health warning about me, including saying I was infectious and I had killed people and they ran my name and my picture and they wanted to know anybody that had talked to me or come close to me or and say so they were able to find another nine more victims that they had to threaten with criminal charges if they weren't willing to lie under oath and say that they because many of them had met my specialists and had seen my medical files and knew I was undetectable as well. So the police were were having to force people to say, well, it doesn't matter what you, the, what his specialists or the hospital say to you, it's, we know the law, we know the science, you need to help us, or you, you could be charged for obstruction, obstruction, we need, and so this is how, right. and they sort of, so they were able to build another altogether 12 victims, and basically keep me without bail by this point, and um, wow. yeah, well, I wasn't allowed to speak to my own uh, matter because I've been injuncted from practicing law, apparently even for myself, and the lawyer I had paid wouldn't wouldn't speak for me because the police had publicly said that there are actual deaths, that there are real homicides. <laughs> uh, yeah, said a lot of really crazy stuff in in large media splurds and using the public health law in order to better... Well, if they're not allowed to, they, they had to actually go to the media and say, we know we're not allowed to use this public did, health law, but we did
0: anyone come forward and allege that you would. No, it of course not.
1: Them? No, they had to go looking for people that say they had known me or had been with me or something.
0: So it wasn't so it wasn't like a lady no. came and was like, hey, I no, got HIV. I've got
1: i never been detectable in my whole life. Except, I, I've had four kids crazy. that are totally healthy. Like, there's no way. No, no shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. it's just and they yeah. knew this right it's just bull, total bullshit in fact on my oh,
0: there's still so much like primarily anti you know the the stigma that you must be some kind of you know degenerate gay person or needle drug user if you're gay well they HIV they don't
1: hiv and, is not and, considered cancer yet it seems like even though we, even though we're going to die from it as kaposi sarcoma which sounds like a cancer to me yeah it's still political
0: and it is still political well and and HIV, uh, HP, there's a particular HPV causes throat cancers, another one, or the same one causes yep. cervical cancer. Um, there's actually this emerging link between viruses, all kinds of viruses. Yeah,
1: so cancer. it's, science has already been yeah. there forever. It's just the public is, has allowed their stigma and hatred over lesser people to be attached to a form of cancer, right?
0: I didn't learn about the under that if you get to the level of undetectable, you're untransmissible until the beginning of this year. That's because of my case, basically.
1: Before me, U equals U was never in the media because no one had ever gone to court to prove that. And how do I know that? Before me, everyone charged for this offense pled guilty. So there was no precedence that proved someone couldn't be infectious that was charged for these offenses. And the offense is either aggravated sexual assault or or attempted murder so when they put those offenses on you you're in solitary you're in solitary or you're in prison you're in you are trouble, not yeah. getting bail very quickly so for someone that's on chemotherapy no. being locked up like that without their meds without water without bathroom without food it it puts you in an incredibly dire it, position that's the plan that's why everyone before me pled oh, guilty because they, their bodies couldn't take it but for me, I, I've trained my body, I've suffered my body for so long, I was able to withstand the solitary confinement on my body somehow. I mean, I can assure you, if you look at me when I first got out versus look at me now, even my hair looks different. Yeah. My hair was white. I mean, look at it. It looks brown. Yeah,
0: yeah that's it what was you were white. saying. Yeah. I was walking yeah. with
1: a cane and a walker. I could barely... <laughs> They they had I had become just this frail Jesus old Christ. person in those months of solitary. And they were hoping that, that I would just eventually take a plea like everyone else before me. But there was no way. I, I, and how did I know I was innocent? So how did you get out? I had I had written a paper on HIV criminalization for my criminology 400 paper. <laughs> and I published it on my YouTube wow. channel, which included all of the yeah. actual science since the Swiss study of 2008. So I had I knew the science and knew I was innocent since 2008 so come 2017 they ignored the, the science they ignore even my they actually tried to run different parts of that YouTube clip in a way for the court and in the media to say look he knew he was wrong and he was still doing it to make it le- to turn it the other way that no he he, he thought he knew he was guilty and, and ignored being guilty not. He oh, knew he was innocent because science said it was not possible. And then over through right. my case and through the winning that, and then the U equals U started again and started in 2019. And you've been hearing, people have been hearing about it more and more. That's because my case forced that into reality. They had to include wow. undetectable, uninfectable. And before it, as one of my conditions of bail, I was not allowed to say or use the word undetectable at all. No. <laughs> They, it was Jeez. part of, until my case, no one before me had ever brought science or medicine into their defense for, for this type of charge. No one. 140 some people are still sitting in jail for life that never even brought science or medicine in. No, no, no infected people was ever proven, ever. They don't bother to. When you plead guilty, they don't have to prove anything. So that's yeah. why all these yeah. people before me yeah. were, were, were guilty. guilty. If you just fight it, <laughs> you just fight the thing and demand science. It's all just—it's just a made-up. It's—it's what we call fake crime making and fake crime spreading. Just like they do with pro, with with drug laws and stuff, fake crime making, right. fake crime spreading right. with cancer—with cancer, with cancer right. crimes, same thing. That's why they keep it. Uh, they call it HIV and AIDS and Gays and Grid and all these other horrible words because they don't want people to know it's just a form of cancer because then they might feel sorry for us. Wow and actually care about us, (laughs) but they don't have to care about us. We're the leper, right? As long as we're the leper. I'm I'm the leper helping the other lepers on a day-to-day basis. So 2017 till, I mean, they took away everything from me. I mean, I didn't think I was ever going to get out of jail again. I mean, it was what it was like in solitary for a dying person. it's, It's very hard to explain, but I was not willing to just die and give up. So I fought back, and if yeah. you want to hear how I survived yeah. inside, I—it's I, a—it's a neat story how I survived. Yeah. Okay. Please. Well, um, can you give me a second? I'm just going to refill my water.
0: Yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah. I'll, I'll hit we? the bathroom break too. Baby, <laughs> hey, okay,
1: pumpkin. Yeah. You love me? Yeah. How much?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, five percent. All right. Thank you. Come yeah. again. All right, dandy mandy. Call her the dandy. my battery doesn't die awesome awesome all right okay this is a yeah it's, it's cool these stories are all gonna one day would we'll make great little documentary clips like that one about trudy in the hospital yeah. and stuff wouldn't that yeah. be a great yep. Yep. like a, a small skit about medi- emergency medical <laughs> cannabis yes.
0: use that'd be hilarious
1: i mean you see it in your yes. mind right yeah yes. I've, I've i've come up with i've storyboarded it a bit over the years you know i've thought about it nice Okay, so so I'm so I'm in solitary, right so I'm, I'm not being allowed my phone calls or anything, of course. And uh-huh. um, <laughs> I know my lawyer that I had paid and hired. he had already said to me, uh, I'm not representing you. you murdered someone at least one person I've been told and I'm not doing you lied to me, said you're innocent and you're obviously not And oh, it's like, oh, so I had to uh, so I in solitary, I really didn't have a lot of well so so first, First, they put me in general the first week. Put me in general pop, hoping I would get murdered or something would happen to me. But that didn't happen. Jesus. People actually knew of me, not for having HIV cancer, but they knew of me as a cannabis person. The, and Yeah. So they were all like, wow, you're the fucking minister of marijuana. You're this, you're that. Da, 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 which they've been calling me that since 2000, yes. right? So that's why right. I would be fitting okay. for the job of ministering cannabis. I've already been called that for right. decades. But anyway... Um, so they, so people really, I mean, the person they put me in the cell with, he was really like, man, really wanting to be my friend and really, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty good at making friends with anyone, you know, and this guy was a really, a real dangerous sex offender. In fact, everyone else in there was dangerous sex offenders for real and, and oh, murderers geez. and rapers yes. and really deadly, deadly people I was put in with It's called the pop off block pop-off means that there's someone with a load of shotgun on the other side of a glass window just above and above you from where your cell is always sitting there on you waiting for you to yeah it's called pop-off Supermax. i was in Supermax, right crazy yeah. so anyway yeah. um so the first week like i said they put me in general i was able to finally after about a week get a bail hearing and at the bail hearing i got the legal aid guy to at least present enough uh enough enough conditions that I still could be released. So no, no cell phone, no using undetectable, no dating, no online, no blah, 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 blah. blah. No being within a hundred meters of, of a girl. Da, 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 da. Uh, if I, yeah, if I wanted to date, I had to get written permission from the government in advance, which my wife did sign something and allow that to happen eventually. Um, so that was, so I was under all these conditions. And so they let me, and they let me out. And so a few days later, while they while they had me out, they then run this big media public health announcement witch hunt, looking for victims, you know, because they're sure there's all these dead Ugh. people out there. And and so they they use that, and the, about nine more people they found and forced to to help them. And in fact, some of them tried to stop them using other other type. One person used a police officer from another state to try to stop them from threatening them. And another other ones had to hire lawyers, try to stop them from threatening them. And because it was scaring these people, you know, that the p- police would be willing, knowing I was innocent because they knew scientifically I was. And here's the cops saying that all irrelevant science is irrelevant. He's guilty. Everyone in Canada is guilty of this. And we just need to put them all in jail. And that's you got to help us because that's yeah. And that's just how they how they deal with chemo patients here. Right, they they don't they just die or get away or if you don't have any money shut the fuck up, you're good. You're so basically they by putting me in there then then keeping all my assets and keeping so I and when I got out right the, so the first time like I said they let me out long enough so they could run a media announcement and da 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 and then they put me back inside and and then they, this time they put me in solitary so I'm in solitary where I can't you know even talk to anyone so what happens is. You're, you're you're down in, about in solitary in the back corner of the yard with your door out to the yard. So people, as they're walking the yard, they can pass yourself slowly every now and then and look in and sort of maybe two seconds of, hey, or, you know, whisper because it's a yeah. solid door or whatever. And they, and, but there's about a little crack underneath the door. And so basically what I decided to do is I had to find a way to get someone to get me a lawyer because I wasn't allowed a phone call or nothing. Oh. Right. So. What I decided to do is, I, one of my degrees is in visual arts, right? I've been doing art my whole life. I even have had pieces in okay. the Ethan Allen Gallery in Bur- Burlington, Vermont, when I was just eight years old. Oh. I, have you know, like I said, I've, I've, I'm pretty good in art. So what I did is I, I one of the, I, one, a couple of the inmates who were passing by, I said, can you go to the guard tower and get me some request paper and some pencils? And they did, and I used the paper, and I made, I made uh, shading paper, and I, and I used the pencils, and I started doing portraits, different types of portraits, right? I'm really good at art, right? Uh-huh. And, and then, and then yeah. finding little piece of gum on the bottom of the, of, the, of the cots or the prison beds and then putting them up on the wall near the door so people would walk by and be like, oh, cool, hey. And then eventually it was, hey, what do you want for that? And so they weren't feeding me, nice. right? So I was losing weight every day and I was starving. And so I would just, you know, Jesus. well, pay me in food. And so the only two things that they could, so I started wow. selling these, these portraits to people. Uh, they're in my, in my block and stuff. And I was able, and they, the only thing I they could actually sell, buy, pay for using the tuna, tuna packages that were flat, like paper, they had them in like flat, and then uh-huh. Kit Kats. Yeah, They would flatten out and slide under my door. So that's how I stayed alive oh for for weeks, beating like Holy that because the guards wouldn't bring me food, Holy shit. and I wasn't allowed to get meds. I wasn't allowed to leave my Jesus cell. Christ. I wasn't allowed to use phone. And so, uh, on about like about a couple months in or whatever, I'm you know I'm 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 really getting good at doing these ones about Wonder Woman, right? And I'm really good at Wonder Woman. Always have it. Okay. And so I, I I basically I had done a few really good ones. And the guy that had been with me earlier. Uh, my cellmate from before he came by almost at night lights out right just about just about 8 a.m and he, he he looks in and he goes goes yeah i'll take that one and uh and he and he and he slid the tuna under there and i i hit slid the paper under and then all of a sudden boom underneath comes a a, a lawyer's business card and he just says he's walking away she'll take your case doesn't matter how many people you killed and so, wow. because I had a card for a lawyer, I was able to demand my phone call. Finally, right? I got a lawyer now to call. You got to give wow. me my first phone call, and they did. Wow. And the lawyer, he had already told the lawyer, you know, I murdered twelve people or whatever, and da da da. And, and so they, I, the lawyer says, okay, I'll you know I'll take your case. What can I do? And I said, well, go on my YouTube channel, type in criminalization of HIV. It's a paper I wrote. Uh-huh. Watch it or have your staff write it up for you and give it to the judge. It's all you got to do and I'll be let out. That's the science. And because the judge already had my medical file. Wow. They just need the science to show there's no way, right. Yeah. And so that's you know that's how yeah. I got out of that's how I got out of solitary and and then they, they then they maybe keep on all these horrible charges, all, sorry conditions for a very long time while they waited for more expert reports to, to be written by their experts to verify that there's no way I could have, and just to re-reiterate, reiterate, 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 and, yeah, they dragged it out till about 2018, almost 2019, 2018, middle of 2018, they finally had dropped the charges, Prime Minister Trudeau made a big apology about people like me being charged for a crime we couldn't have committed, and da-da-da-da-da, and, uh, yeah, but since then, I really have had a hard time getting myself back, going with churches or the finance game won't work with me because my name is ruined, right? So I've been working under an alias, right, uh, in the cannabis world. But, yeah, no. that's how I've had to work under an alias because people won't want... If you Google my name or my picture, you, no one's going to work with me, right? It's aggravated sexual assault, 12 yeah. counts. No one's going to ever work with me. doesn't matter if I did it or not. Those charge designations are, wow. are all they need to do May, sure. I mean, as you probably know from the Malcolm X or Martin Luther King files, they were trying to get him for all these kind of sexual improprieties over and over and over again, right? Yeah. Because that's their attitude: is yeah. people that are running and leading civil rights movement, they want to show us as improper men. I mean, I was, I was also the, the high priest of a church by this point, not just my own church, the Holy Smoke, but I was a Mormon high priest. And I was in charge of thousands of people's congregations at the time. I knew all of these people that totally looked up to me and enjoyed my sermons every week. And, you know, that I had baptized, that I had, you know, you know, I had done all these things for. And, you know, and then all of a sudden the government charges me for these aggravated sexual assault things. And it just destroyed everything so literally i had no way i couldn't get any of my previous clients wouldn't talk to me i couldn't get even my colleagues wouldn't talk to me someone went public saying they didn't even know who i was and you know i made it really it's made it very Jesus. difficult to come back financially or credibility to, with my credit with any credibility and that's why so i you know since then i mean i tried to open a couple in in 29 in at the end of 2018 early 2019 and then COVID hit and nobody was going downtown where these places were. Uh, so there was, it was just like, there was yeah. nobody to help. What a waste of rent and waste of time. Gotcha. And so, you know, I basically, yeah. you know, looked for another, another group uh, who I had known for years from other people that were doing low cost, no cost called the Cannabis Substitution Program. So I said, look, you know, I, you know, I, why don't I try to help you guys? And so that's what I've been doing now yeah. for
0: yeah.
1: a couple of years now right you know and i and i and my my plan is uh-huh. you know when when this case settles my civil case i plan on funding more medical cannabis places i haven't decided what models they'll be in they they may be offshore yachts i don't know but i'm not going yeah i'm i don't know yet but i'm not going to let them be discriminated yeah. against or harassed by any you know any any you know any crown government you know the people are dying and the crown should just leave the dying ones alone. If you want to pick on the disabled, okay, I get it. No disability act here in Canada. So everyone is disabled, it has no rights. I get it, right? But you know, the dying ones, it's like, you know, we're dying. So what is Cam- Canada's response to us as dying patients, as terminally ills? They've gone and enforced and enacted, you know, assisted suicide laws. at the easiest availability now. So you can get assisted suicide pretty much for Jesus. anything but you can't get medical cannabis access yet, right? We have to grow our own, supply our own to ourselves. Here we are, twenty some years later, and we're still the only ones doing it. There's no,
0: there's no, so there's no dispensary model. There's in the BC? only
1: dispensaries that are allowed here are irradiated, non-medical, placebo weed. So and that's what they've been. Oh, I remember you were yeah, saying that. And they've been that doing do, that. In Canada, they're starting now. to do
0: that now in Nevada and. And in California, too, they're starting to do this irradiated weed.
1: Well, it renders the cannabinoids inert. So you're only getting a little bit of terpenoid and flour. It's a placebo effect, right? So people will say, yeah, I work half the time. And it's all about they've been doing this in Canada, this placebo type weed irradiated since 1999. 1999. We were the first Crazy. group they tried to force us to buy their, their irradiated weed in 99 to 2003. We had to sue that program out of existence, just like we have to sue the current one out of existence because they keep forcing Crazy. unconstitutional programs on dying people, knowing it's going to kill them. It's not going to help them. They're just going to have to fight and challenge. And they keep doing this again and again, hopes that it will all just die off. And they can the government wants to make money off of a model that can't work out of product that doesn't gotcha. even I mean, it's only placebo. So 50% of people it's working for, oh, no yeah. matter what, but the other people, especially if someone like myself, if I was to try and buy a radiated weed, some of them could afford, you know, 18 to $50 a gram, somehow, I, you know, I could come up with that. So it's as expensive as my chemo drugs. So how the hell, I mean, it's just this, the program was made and it's a product that doesn't work and it's too expensive. That's been the model from this government this- for 20 years and it's not going to change.
0: The same thing's happening down here also, Brian, with uh, when when adult use rec came in, the medical model just kind of disappeared, even though they say it's still in force, but you can't get Rick Simpson oil, you can't get bigger amounts of, of oil or distillate, you can't really get medicalized products like higher higher uh, milligram edibles, and the, because of everything is so small dose, plus the taxing, it's really near uh, economically impossible for anybody to get high doses of medical cannabis. That's why... It's all well, about proving the legal system, and so you really have to just. Down here, we have to grow our own. Same thing. You have to if you grow your own weed and process it. To. But like the care, the caregiver model has been taken away. So if you're ill enough, there's really not a solution for you if you can't grow your own weed. There's not a there, legal. There is. You know, legal
1: there are court precedent you. cases that people could follow. The Wham case, the McWilliams case. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, in America. In America. Yeah. I mean, those are the cases oh, that okay. we use to be, get our legal cannabis cases in Canada. We used American models. Oh, it's the okay. legal mo- so the, the theory of a, a, in a court any common law court. So that's America, Canada, and and seven other of other other common law and or European countries that are a common law system, not civil law, but common okay. law, and not constitutional law. At least the U.S. has a constitutional override. We only have a constitutional act that works along with. So we don't have a protective part for anyone who's being right infringed. We don't have that here, right? And Crazy. so that's in America. Uh, the recreational model. Once you take once you take a model out of constitutional protectability by creating a strict liability model, right? Or, or like I'm explaining to you, this this recreational adult use or uh, commercial uh, act laws. It removes all of the protections that doing something medically would offer. And that's why they're doing it in America. That's why they're doing it here. They're doing it all over the world to keep medical out of official books, official research, official data, keep it from court precedents where the cases are just the judge feels sorry, but the model is still broken. The government will fix it eventually. That's why people like me had to get specific court orders To protect us permanently because the government laws will never be protective here and in america the not because the not there's no federal cannabis protection laws which what needs to happen in the u.s is very obvious there needs to be an ada challenge for medical rights entrenchment if somebody were to bother to do that in America, say, I'm a constitutional lawyer, I'm thinking, boom. If somebody were to take that, deal with the anti-discrimination yeah. provision of the ADA and go after it that specific way, medical cannabis would be a federal right. That's all it would take. Wow. I mean, that's what sucks is I have all this knowledge that, you know, I can't... It, I, how do I share it to people? Well, first and foremost, the general public doesn't understand law or science. And those that do understand law and science are mostly working for the broken system. Their paycheck is dependent yep. upon. There are not a lot of people like me that are yep. critical and independent. So, we, you know, and that's, and that's for obvious reasons, because look how I've been targeted for being political independent for all these decades. And look that's at what they've done to me. They, I mean, even though they dropped all the charges, the smear of sex ch- uh, crime is is uh, you can't remove it. You can't undo it. It is just it it, no, it is just a way to make statement. sure that I'm done as an as a public activist. Now, having said that, I do speak as bricks. I speak publicly. I do interviews. You know, and I'm sure every now and then people are recognizing me as you know Brian Carlisle. But I'm not doing writing as both because. When I, when I put it up as Brian Carl, you'd be amazed how many stigma bites and bigot bites come out of the woodwork to try to say, oh, put him in jail. Oh, well, he's terrible. Oh, oh. But they would never say that about Magic Johnson. Why not? Right. Same situation as me. But where he's beloved, yeah. I'm not beloved. What's the difference? Right?
0: Well yeah, you just aren't you aren't well known. He just had he just had the good fortune of being a, a famous athlete with a winning smile. Well yeah, but still
1: look to this that's day really nobody would ever think to... of charging him for such a crime.
0: hundred percent. No, right? I totally agree. I totally agree. But that's just that's just the good fortune of his luck. It's not there's no actual qualitative difference in, in the two cases. And there's no well, there's no political will
1: see. in the US to go after HIV cancer patients.
0: No. No. Well, the gay community has really done a good job of destigmatizing stigmatizing AIDS. Well, they've done a
1: good job America. here. I mean, believe me, anyone who's involved with the gay community or part of the women or LGD community, you get not just funding yeah. of, the, of, the, of, of, of all your chemo meds, but they will give you the safest and newest. People in my group, heterosexual wow. males, we're still not funded for the new drugs oh. at all. We're considered the worst of the worst. You're right. The the, the, nice. the the AIDS people, or the sorry, the the gay and transgendered have done a fantastic job of getting their rights. But the heterosexual male has still is treated the absolute worst, the most jailed in this illness in in the world. We've done more time. The few women wow. that have been jailed, some of them were not even didn't even have sex, right? And they were jailed. Yeah, one of the women, the man said he got it, he got it from her for from fingering her. And she's in doing life oh, no. in jail. She was convicted less oh, than no. six months before they went after me.
0: And wow. since me, they've convicted three really, more Canada. people.
1: They're Jesus not going to stop, and they'll come out, Maybe they'll come after me again. That's why all I have for defense is science and 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 medicine. That's my only defense.
0: Which Yeah, there's even information on the on the NIH and C D C websites about the U equals U and how that is a science. Canada doesn't standard. include doesn't Canada it, doesn't include
1: just... any foreign research as science. Our courts only allow it's crazy. domestic research for the courts at all. You can't even raise yeah, that's that. It's crazy too. Yeah, it's just stupid, right? Marley. It's the it's it's based on stigma. As long as they don't call it cancer, it's always gonna be like this to us. That's why it's we need to call it cancer. You know, everyone needs to know. And they have, I mean, they, what they've been able to get away with, with me, is unbelievable. You know, not not just by taking away my freedom, almost ruining my health, but with the pressure they put on my on my adoptive older, you know, parents. The hearing that I'm in jail for 30, 137 years life, right? To how, you know, the they... Obviously, the stress is going to kill them. And they both died very quickly afterwards before I could even get while I was still facing the charges. They died thinking that their adoptive son was this horrible serial sex predator of some kind. And of course, all of my children that had my name or face had to change their names and may have to have plastic surgery because you can Google search me and their faces come up. Right. Yes, oh, no. I lost everyone from that then has just run because, I mean, who wants to be associated with someone with these kind of charges? You'd have to be a total idiot. Understood. Understood. Why, do that, why do you think, That's why do you think, you know, Mal, uh, Martin Luther King's wife never shared that information with the, with the group? Because she didn't want that kind of moniker on her husband who was doing something really important, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, which I would think so. that i have been one of the last real chemo patients screaming for ki- for disability rights. I mean, there are not many of us out there. I mean, the last one in Canada was Terry Fox, and the, and the police harassed the crap out of him too. That's why I feel it's a bad really? courage how they treat me. Yeah, when he was doing his run for his, his uh-huh. marathon of, of hope, uh-huh. they were forcing him off of the safe roads onto side roads, almost getting him run over. Because Why? they're bigots, they don't like cancer yeah. patients. They hate the meek. They figure we're just waste of their time. They would have, believe me, they would have done the they would have had us, you know, sterilized if they could. All disabled people, mental or physical. That's the Canadian. That's the fascist way, and this is a fascist country. And they would sterilize yeah, us. The
0: Canadian government is really re- revealing itself uh, in this talk and also just in the way, again, they've been treating the COVID situation to be... Well, yeah. and, and all the stuff that's coming up with the Native American schools, like they're really being uh, outed finally as being pretty hardcore authoritarian fascist and dark
1: as fuck. Yep. No, it's like, exactly like where, what I've seen but, for but years. Dark. And the world is hearing it, but yet whether they believe it, I don't know. But this... this Indian act that this country created in 1837 is still in force an act that allows rape murder and pillage of children and adults Canada still has the law on the books Still enforcing it using the indigenous child and family services to control the indigenous children So the parents have no way to fight back for their land, which by the way in BC is unceded No treaties the land is being trespassed on 100% here. That kind of stuff. Incredible. And this government and the evil. crown from England's choice of keeping this illegal colony going. And the rest of the world should be right. fighting for our rights. But we so seems like we as dying people have to do it all by ourselves. We can't seem to get the world to fight for cancer patients if we don't have the right kind of cancer. Apparently. You know, I mean, I know that everybody very. Is, is there a
0: foundation? Is, is there any type of foundation or group that's working for this uh, acknowledgement of, of the link between HIV and cancer? And, and is there a group you would recommend or a group you know of or work with?
1: Well, it's funny you say that in Canada, the Canadian government has okay. removed all funding for aid service organizations back in 2019, and they yeah, have never replaced it. We just had the, 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 the AIDS AIDS 2022 summit wow. and Canada government says we're not funding anything. So the AIDS Vancouver pause living, Vancouver pause living Fraser Valley that I was involved with helped found and create all have been shut down because the funding from the government was re- removed. They want this ill And, and as I have told you, since Damn. me, they've prosecuted and imprisoned three more HIV cancer patients with no science or medicine involved in their cases again they're based just on he said she said she said he said all of that is irrelevant when you're dealing with this kind of virus because this virus is not like ebola it's not like hanta it's not like like it's not like sars this virus has an incubation period 10 years 20 years so you can't use the he did it to him did it to her all of that is irrelevant because you gotta go, he did it to him, and we waited 20 years, and he went. Oh, uh, so well, the, I whole, the whole belief be, of the patient zero HIV spreading thing was created as a false science, and it's not based on science to this day. In fact, you're right. They were used they were gonna try and use it for COVID. And I and many people like me went public about the falseness of patient zero, which is actually Patient letter O regarding a anecdotal research study, not regarding pedagogy, but they don't people don't know anything about science, and the government is just great at lying with with lying with statistics or pseudoscience. And so it's funny you bring up the COVID thing because, unbeknownst to me, since I mean I'm as you know suing the ten officers, Mm -hmm. the govern the two governments. And the attorney generals and ministers of public safety that concocted this crap against me, created these charges, ran public safety warnings, ran all this media about me, kept me in solitary, used these false conditions. They are, um, they are currently using at least one of the officers that I'm suing, Constable David Peck, to do the COVID our lockdown charges on others. So freedom of rights and and, and freedom law is something that they have a vested interest in keeping that dialogue going. Why? Because precedents will help them to incarcerate those in the future who want to freely associate with others. So by creating these precedents, holding these people in jail without bail, like they do with the HIV crime law, it makes precedents for them. And I know of people that are sitting in jail right now Denied bail, secretly denied bail. How did they do that? Well, let's tell. Let's go a little back here. So Constable Peck, I guess, was relocated from BC during my lawsuit here, which is one of the reasons it's taken five and a half years to get their evidence on the record because they've been hiding in other provinces. That's their defense: is to hide from the truth. There's no other defense to what they did to me, and they know it. So what have they? He's been doing. For work since well, they've been hiring him to feign that he's a victim of these different protesters. So, they
0: and how in, in what well, way is he that's a
1: exactly right? Or in what way is he well, alleging he's a victim? he's because they don't have a victim for these kind of but these charges of mischief, there is no victim, so he's putting the affidavit in as the victim so that a charge can be processed. So here's what he did in Saskatchewan. So against this fellow named Jeremy, he swore this affidavit that he's the victim of this terrorist mischief charge and put Jeremy in jail, in, in holding, like they did with me. Jeremy sat there waiting for his bail hearing like everyone else would, and bail hearings occur in the state or, in this case, province that you're charged in. You don't get to move provinces or states. But somehow... The day of his bail hearing, the Crown puts Jeremy on a plane and flies him to the other corner of Canada, Nova Scotia, and decides they're going to do the bail hearing in another province without a lawyer with him, of course. So they try to, of course, he, you know, when he, they fly him there 4 a.m. in the morning, so he's there for his 9 a.m. bail hearing. How are you going to get a lawyer from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m.? Of course, he couldn't. Whatever was legal aid on that day came in, and of course, they didn't know anything, but the Crown was saying he did it, he did it, he did it and lost the bail hearing he's still sitting in jail to this day in nova scotia for a prosecution in saskatchewan with constable david peck as their assisting victim just like with me they had no victims so the officers well they couldn't say they were victims so they went to people i knew and said you say you're a victim or we charge you that's how they did my crime and that's how they do most fake Jesus. crimes. In fact, anything to do with drug law, that's what they do. Drug crime is their only money maker to keep their jobs going. You take away drug crime, 80% of crime vanishes overnight. Their little 20%, they'd all be struggling for those hours and they'd be all pissed off, nothing to do. They demand a drug crime right. after the sick so that they can then, everyone else is collateral damage anyway. That's the level of, of the drug war here. That's going to be the drug war there. If once we, once America decides it's time for a federal medical cannabis rights. Then as I explained, it's going to be through the ADA challenge, similar to the challenge done by Walter Beckett. Do we all know who Walter Beckett is. Walter Beckett, Walter Beckett, no. like myself, did a full law degree, was able to practice law effectively for years. Until his firm figured out that he had a K- a Carposi sarcoma lesion on his head, and they proceeded to fire him. Oh. And the movie's called Philadelphia with Tom Hanks. Right, right. So that's a true story. Right. That's someone right. like me. Yeah. That they went uh, Oopie doopie la la poopy, and um, yeah, that's sort of kind of the damages I'm after. But they're this today's dollar value. But yeah, I had I had a legal yep. practice, I had a consulting business, I had a financial consult uh, investing business, and they totally took it all the way every way they could, like they did with Beckett, uh, because they did, they felt that you know he didn't tell us he had the AIDS. How dare he? How dare he? How dare he? Same thing Jesus. with me. That's how they are. Yeah. Who does he think you are? Sleeping with people with the AIDS. How dare he? How dare he? How dare he? This is the way. This is how our government thinks. Just like they feel about people that are minorities how dare they? How dare they? How dare they? You shut up and be quiet. We're letting them, we're letting them clean our toilets. What's the fucking problem? That's how the, the white elite fucking 1% think. And they're always going to think that way. And for people that have time to be part of a movement, that's that's awesome. But the few of us that are fighting for our lives, we don't have the time for fences. We have to be in the game, all skin in the game, nonstop. And when others are like us, that no government's going to step in and help them. Of course, they never have. They're never going to start now. We have to help them as well. And how do we do that? Court protected. So whatever these governments or programs or policies, they're fine and dandy, whatever you want to do. But the wham case is the wham case. Valerie Corral in Santa Cruz doesn't need a license ever again, Mm -hmm. just like I don't. Just like people shouldn't have to that are dealing with dying people. They should be exempt to do whatever it takes to protect their life and other lives like them. There shouldn't be a debate yes. or a political debate or, or whether it's adult or minor. Who cares if it's pediatric cancer or adult cancer? I've had it since I was a child. Were yeah. you gonna hold, is there a plan to keep me from from my plants when I was a child? Was that their plan? Well, I still did plants luckily because I wanted to survive childhood. I didn't wanna die and I'm hoping yeah. others like me out there because yeah. the statistics are in North America, Eventually, 50% of us will develop some form of malignant cancer. So that means that of those 50%, the other 50% will most likely have to look after us. So cancer is going to affect everybody eventually. So we need a federal medical plan's protection for cancer patients forever. Not just me or one person at a time. Everybody needs it.
0: Yes, sir. I agree. And that's Hold why I'm working the... with this group, and, and, and we're currently like I've seen this group so is many currently times.
1: before a court, and we're going to be asking the court to throw these laws down and grant this group another court exemption, to create another precedent Good. to push the medical further, and then the government will do what they can to slow it down, and but once the place is court protected, they the police can't do anything. They re- it removes them from the argument because until then. They can investigate yes. anything they want at taxpayer expense, especially drug-related.
0: It happened for a friend of mine, actually. It had happened for a friend of mine in Mendocino. He got busted illegally, and then the judge gave him a court order saying he could grow in as many plants as his doctor specifically wrote for him. Well, that's... so It was one of the coolest things ever. He came home with this letter, and we were just looking at it like, what the hell? We tripped on that for a while because it literally, it was like a superior a superior court judge saying, you know, his name is entitled to grow X amount of, of marijuana plants where X amount is the amount his doctor rights for rights. Mine them. I
1: took a little further. I got was, my judge I'm, to rule whatever yeah. is reasonable medical use for me is reasonable. So nice. I, I did, the plant nice. counts gram nice. limits for someone like me is, is pointless, right? I need, I need thousands of milligrams awesome. extract a day. So grams of bud will never do that for me. I need bricks of bud, bricks of mushrooms to make the extracts for cool. my body to survive. Right? That's why I go by the name Bricks, wow. Wow. Right, because yeah. I need bricks of weed, bricks of mushrooms, <laughs> or I will not survive this. And others like me need nice. bricks, not grams or ounces, bricks. That's the whole point of the bricks. I'm nice. even working on a theme song for medical cannabis patients called Bricks of Weed. It's a really kind of neat song. Nice. I, I, the problem is I don't have, my training is in, in piano and violin, so i don't have one of those instruments at the moment my piano busted so i'm uh, actually teaching myself yeah. to to the the stratocaster electric guitar so i'm i'm, I'm yeah i'm nice. gonna try to nice. come up with a with a licks couple licks for bricks of weed and play nice. it on the strat so nice. kind of like you know michael jackson's beat it kind of like you know like you know with eddie van halen in the background but but it's going to be like not nice. i'm not eddie van halen of course but it's going to, and I'd like yeah. to get some other musicians involved. I want to get Greg involved with this with me. I don't know if Greg told you, Deaf, but yeah. Greg and I sung a song we worked on together at my graduation ceremony when I graduated from the program. Oh, yeah. wow. Awesome. Yeah, he was no, allowed he to have his guitar. He was no. the only person, which is pretty amazing. And so we, wow. in the dorms, we'd sing and stuff all the time. And we worked on a song together for weeks and weeks. And at my grad ceremony, he brought his guitar and we did a duo. Wow, yeah. that's cool. That's yeah, it was cool. kind of neat.
0: Yeah. Well, um, you said a couple of things that were making me think of your your current um, your, uh, activity, which is um, as an activist in downtown Vancouver, and you've been interfacing with dying people, uh, people who have cancer, and then also the homeless population, yeah. the homeless drug addicted. Yep. correct? And And so what you're doing is you're giving... Cannabis as a replacement for opioids to the folks that uh, are doing opioids. Is there a formal yep. program there, or is it more <laughs> of just a?
1: Okay. Yes, I, it's called um, Cannabis Substitution Program. So it's a two-part okay. system. It's the one. One is a low-cost cannabis program, which is at, at selling cannabis at, at cost. So no. So basically, donated cannabis sold at cost, and that money funds the uh-huh. no cost canvas program at the other window which is a, a specific about 300 yes. members that we serve daily that receive free 420 milligrams of high dose edibles concentrates extracts stuff like that so that's what So that's basically okay. the one program funds the other program and, and in we're the and basically yeah. it was being run of a storefront uh, years ago and the city basically said it would support it and then it changed its mind and you know federal government doesn't care and you know the things now having to eventually go before a judge, but it's basically now currently out on the street in a Scooby Doo van, and like I said, the one door is the uh, low cost uh, or, or co- at cost cannabis, and then back door is no cost. So people on the people only have to give their number and their name, and they can they can show up every oh. yeah. So anyone who was in the no cost program can show up any every four days to receive 420 milligrams of whatever they want gummies cookies edibles what you know whatever we yes. have all we we we've infused everything right literally we offer food infused yeah. sandwiches infused everything right so they oh yes yeah, so the wow. actually food cool. products we give actual infused food so they can get their 420 milligrams in a couple cookie in a couple you know sandwiches or you know or whatever right we infuse we infuse you know fruits and vegetables and just everything right I, I don't eat meat in fact people that have cancer should never ingest any 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 animal proteins in any form right because it, the, three of okay. the different um, toxins that are broken down in our system um, neem iron, um, H3 H, Hn3, and of course um, methionine. methionine is, is known cancer food. it feeds cancer specifically. Oh. so when you eat, when you put wow. when you eat animal proteins, that basically it breaks down the methionine into release this. It, it breaks the, the protein down into these three things. I was mentioning one methionine, which is a food source for cancer. So it will, whatever cancer you have, it will help feed it, get it worse. If you're constantly putting methionine in your wow. system and it doesn't matter what animal protein, they all produce methionine. So that's, that's something that you have to really be vigilant with. If you want to be a long-term what I call cannabis thriver. Because cannabis surviving is is a stupid okay. way of thinking. Because it's you're telling yourself right. the wrong things. You have to tell yourself you're you're thriving. That you have your body is stronger because it's overcome cancer. It's stronger because it's overcome this and that is that's the truth. Actually, yep. you know, every virus, every pathogen we overcome and we are we store in our in our in, in, in immunity book is now more uh, for our war chest to go forward. Right, so. That's why yes, I feel yep. very fortunate that I've been able to, you know, to be a long-term non-progressor with this virus and be one that I'll probably see my old age. Most people won't won't get that because their body hasn't been 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 broken enough to fix itself on its own like mine. Wow, wow, that's that is intense.
0: Are Are you seeing a uh, how? What is the scene like up there in Canada as far as the homeless? Drug addicted? Are you seeing kind of a steady wave? Are you seeing a spike? Like the reason I ask is down here, there's such a spike in homeless and in in seemingly non-functional uh, public homelessness that there's shanty towns yep. being erected yeah, and, that... and whole neighborhoods are seem like they're now shack communities and, and uh, it's just well, shocking. Well, it's not if you understand it's,
1: it's what it, it's just a symptom of what's, of what's going on with these people, right? And when you spend years okay. with these people face to face, ear to mouth, listening and hearing them like I have, you know that that it's, it's the homelessness is, is a result of a very serious childhood trauma. Almost and my research yeah. is showing that it's almost like in the 90 percentile that people that are, are in a homeless or or pr- what we call precariously housed, precariously mentally treated, are all suffering from childhood sexual abuse and mostly undiagnosed, untreated. Yes. And only with people like yep. me do they even feel comfortable talking about it. Once they're having some kind of psychedelic sort of openness and awareness with their spirit molecule, they yep. feel that now they connect yep. with me or someone like me at the window and they want to share that. And so I'm, yep. I am that ear. I've always been that ear for them. You know, when I was doing it as churches, I would have little little rooms where people could come in and hours picking my brain or I would work with them you know as a high priest or as a as a Mormon priest or as a as a regular priest or as a reverend I have spent years sort of counseling people medically uh, spiritually and, and, and psychologically you know that's why I've done specifically social sociology and psychology for a lot of my degree because I, I think knowing how to help people with with not just with plants but but help you know with their what's causing the trauma that they, that they need the plants, but don't know that yet. So they're seeking, you know, what's happened is they're, they've been broken really badly as a child and they, they found hard drugs and the hard drugs gave them some relief, yes. finally, from the suffering yes. of being abused yes. and abused. And so they, they, that has now become their one way of, of coping with it. And, uh, and most people that are in open addiction, they're not, they're not allowed to have housing. Right. Plus, when you're in open addiction, you lose your ID, right. you're not able to, of course, get another ID without ID. So it, it becomes this cycle. And, and in Vancouver, we have the, the highest uh, death rate for overdose. We are the we're the record holder. Uh, yeah. Vancouver is the record holder for for overdose deaths. We have been for years. That's, That's one nice. of the reasons why I'm so supportive of this program down here, because like uh, we I mean, we I mean, I I on I, I someone yesterday. Um, I I, 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 saw three people be put in body bags last week, uh, right next to me. And I'm, I'm dealing with this day-to-day death and life struggle of people that are having such horrific mental issues that this is all just symptoms of that. If, if, and I think a study needs to be put together on the connection between childhood sexual abuse and homeless or precariously housed individuals, whether it's youth or adult, it doesn't matter. 100%. Any abused child will yes. manifest this in, in in suffering as an older person. Any sure. child. In, yeah, and I'm and i, and I I'm not just saying this as a criminologist with all these years of research. I was an abused child myself, right? I was not being watched. As a 12-year-old child, I was a victim of, of a serial sex predator, uh, a guy named Alfred Hill, who was convicted of raping about 41 different kids under the age of 13, and I was one of them. You know, he was seri- serial drug and rape, them as they would come and volunteer at his ibm plant or and it was you know yeah it was that's the kind of things that went on Jesus. and then when he was finally caught i mean he basically got two years in jail with his grand baby grand piano and the governor you know brought him special meals every week and the basically the the, the language is that abuse of Jesus. children is an okay thing and so speaking that after enduring and be- it continues to expect put that in the victim's mind subconsciously that they are Abuse is acceptable by society, and so they even hate society more because of that. There is no advocates for them for this thing. no one and there's not a lot of people like me that are that are, that are academics that are that are professional medical persons that have been through this lived experience. They're not because you most they don't even usually want you to be working in the counseling field. Have you had real lived experience, which is stupid. Yeah. Because it gives us yeah. such a unique ability to understand where Respect. and how they're getting broken and where and how I came back from it. So how I can help them unbreak themselves. I, yes. I even came back from solitary. Yeah. I fixed my mind from that. Mm-hmm. That was so traumatic on my yeah. brain to be locked in there with no bathroom, no water, to deal with the suffering of day-to-day starvation. And, and to know that I'm gonna survive no matter what they do to me, this body was gonna survive. They just didn't know it. They thought, oh, he's never gonna survive. There's no way he'll plead out nice. in the first week or two. There was no way I was gonna die first. I would rather do, I would rather be martyred if that's what they want, martyr me and then at least, at least my death will have some purpose greater than killing me the way they did, killing my reputation, killing my social life, killing my relationship with my children, my family, all my community, my churches, destroying all of that took away more, in my opinion, than my life. My life, is, I'm very blessed that, that like, I, like I mentioned to you, my current wife, Desiree, she was willing to sit down with the Government of Canada, Attorney General of BC, and sign a form saying she would be my 13th victim. And that was the only way she was allowed to date me back then that's part of the lawsuit right they literally yes. tried to keep my Crazy. me from ever having a relationship with anyone right and i and that's all i was wanting to do was be married you know properly married and happy and raise kids and you know and they and they have gone in fact they've gone out of their way to make sure that i can't be a parent right they basically say in fact every time i'm in front of a family court judge they say well his 2001 charge for trafficking and cultivation precludes him from being a good parent he cannot parent and that's how it wow. works here conviction yeah. means nothing the, the the allegation of being a drug dealer or drug user or or in this or now later on a sex predator all of those designations prevent uh, uh, for obvious reasons any normal access to society anymore in any way most people who, who like me end up you know not surviving this for obvious reasons the money ends up going to their states. Yes, I'm just in a blessed situation that I'm somehow still talking and living and you know free diving and exercising and doing these things that I shouldn't be able to do and I'm doing them and you know and I and I and I'm wishing I I would I I have spoken publicly at big events but alas a lot of people don't want to hear the medical patients debate or debacle or conundrum they want to hear that cannabis is legal, let's get high. They don't want to understand where, how I'm we still... got here or how far we still need to get here. They just think we're here, I'm here, I'm good. And they don't understand that we're bearing, you know, so many chemo patients that could get high dose plants if somebody was making it available like I'm trying to or like someone else should be trying yeah. to, but they're not mm. because they don't believe that these high-dose things are really the cure. They believe that pharmaceuticals are the cure because they don't understand the medicine.
0: Well, yeah, and less belief. It's it's they just are so interested in that profit motive from patenting unique molecules. I mean, that's what it really comes down to, and that's why cannabis was made illegal in, the, in America in the 30s was the same thing. It was going up against the pharmaceutical industry as well as the petrochemical industry, and it's non-patentable, so there's no profit motive in it.
1: That's right. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, that's it, right? Yeah. Profit has always been taken over the medical part of it,
0: dude. That's why I think we need legal mushrooms because I think legal mushrooms are about the only thing that could get us off, you know, pure capitalism and and the the avariciousness and the the fangs out ego that our current society is structured. Undo upon. the men, undo the. And the it doesn't work system. for anybody. I don't think it
1: works.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think it works for the people in charge too. I think the people in charge are. Are, are, are separated and frightened and they try to comfort themselves with, with luxury and ostentatiousness, but at the same time, unless you really have contacted the source within mm-hmm. yourself, you're, you're going to be living in a state of fear and, and illusion and separation. So I really think that psychedelic usage, and I think mushrooms are the most approachable and easiest to integrate, and there's a lot of history of their use in societies, and I think that it might be our only hope. I, I feel like it's our Obi-Wan Kenobi. Illusion. To kind of steal it's, from Star I have, Wars. I,
1: I've seen it so many times help so many different types of seriously injured people. Keep them going, you know. Yes, yeah. the psychedelic mushroom. Yeah. And then a, the cannabis cookie throughout it and the joint throughout it. Because you just have to keep, yes. if you just come to me yes. throughout the day, every time you come to me, I'll give you a free 50 milligram cookie and a free 40 milligram joint. every Every time you walk up to me <laughs> nice. without a penny. And so yes, you can pay nice. five bucks for a, a wonderful gram of magic mushrooms. And then throughout the day, I'll keep you medicated with the cannabis at the same time. And that's sort of, well, you nice. know, that's one of the treatments yes. that I've been doing for years on these people, years and years. And it's just so effective and there's no question, but I, I mean, here in Canada, the access to mushrooms is uh, once again, through the section 56 special access program. So a patient has to be like myself. And then has to, you know, has to then write to Health Canada and get an exemption to use them. And then they have to grow your own. And it's the same thing with, with with plant with cannabis. The same exact legal process. So what we need for mushrooms is another court case where patients are protected, or at least at least some of us, for use and access to magic mushrooms unregulated. And then we can actually that's develop a real it. medical system. Because I've been, I'm helping so many people with mushrooms, but it's very hard to do it without some external funding, or I mean, having to do everything by myself. I have to do all the testing. Mostly, my wife and I test all the different mushrooms, and we have to test constantly. Right? It's (laughs) it's fun, but it's a lot of regular testing. You know, testing the cannabis is, is you know is easy to do, but to have to, you know, test this mushroom for this, hour, this six hours and, and this, this mushroom or yeah. test th- this plant. And I mean, I, because I have, I don't, I won't, I mean, it's always been one of my tenants as holy smoke is anything you buy from me, is has gone through me, at least through me and I survive. So if it's not yeah. gone through me and I haven't yeah. tested it, I'm not selling it. And that's one of the tenants that I've yeah. always run us. And that's why I've never had a patient go man your stuff's not good or that stuff wasn't good or because I had tried it and if it was good it was yeah. off the menu right it was just not on the menu nice. that's it right yeah. I removed it and, it, and I've it's always problem. had that sort of attitude yeah. about doing medical you know I've I have helped a few investors set up uh, non-medical locations back in the day believing they were going to have medical there but they never did and those models failed oh, yeah. <laughs> they all failed because the, yeah. the government's programs are not functionally effective financially they're set up with such a huge overhaul in tax that you can't profit at this type of. Business. That's what's happening yeah, well, in California. Everything's just
0: everything's just collapsing because the tax, the, if there's so many tax incidents. that The effective tax rate is like seventy plus percent on on cultivators, yep. especially.
1: It's that's ridiculous. that's always been their plan. In fact, in Canada, with their first the first crops that they were forcing us to buy, plant prairie system. Uh, um, They, um, they were, they were not just taxing that they were paying the grower almost 11 million a year to, to not sell anything. So the grow, yeah, the grower in flimflon was growing weed that nobody bought and they just did it for years and years and years. So they could say to a judge if they were pulled in court, well, we have a program and we're selling cannabis to patients. And we had to strike that program down, that's and true. that's what they're trying to do now. This new program is the same thing, it's just they have more so-called legal suppliers of irradiated weed, and they're trying to say that, you know, it's more expensive, so it's better because it's more expensive, and therefore that program is there, therefore we don't need a medical program anymore. So they're trying to actually cancel total, oh. all the medical regs, so only people that are court-protected will have medical access. And they've, they've done that here in Canada twice before. They're gonna, they want to do it for a third time, and that's the plan. And there's, no one's going to stop that plan except a Supreme Court judge. <laughs> They're the only one that can, unfortunately. And yeah. uh, it's really a sucky yeah. thing that patients have to have to be lawyers if you want to you survive. Your Well, I think unlessed, we're just be a looking. At,
0: I I think we're looking. Yeah, I think we're looking at a decade more still of, of science before we're going to see effective medical policy changes for cannabis. And it does seem like the adult use thing is just shunting all of the, the, the story away from medical efficacy of cannabis to this other, you know, is it good for kids, is it bad for kids, should you drive, should you not, and whan, it's so expensive and it's so tough to sell. But in all these different conversations, there's not a lot of medical conversation taking place. Well, right? they
1: don't feel they have to. They feel, well, why? No one's suing us for it, so why should yeah. we bother? You no, know, You know, it hasn't yeah. it has been years since there's been any any patient challenge cases there's all these organizations but they don't have the same standing it needs to be a chemo dying person standing there demanding the full rights again like it happened back in the day that's what we need again in both sides of the border yeah and then we could see a dialogue change at least at the federal level about some kind of medical exemption maybe no program but an exemption in America federally and like we have in Canada exemptions federally that's why we have federal cannabis is an exemption yes. federal, right? We, the regulations are all sure. provincial and they say that they're not federal anymore. They got rid of the federal drug laws. They're just doing a provincial non-medical wow. and federal court order medical. That's how we're doing it in Canada. And that's how it's going to be in America. Eventually it'll be backed sure. by court order only. There'll be all this non-medical radiated, non-medical radiated stuff, which is available. And the medical stuff will be court orders only. That's how it'll be.
0: Uh, yeah, there's a lot of irradiated weed all of a sudden coming, and people like hyping these machines. And I'm a big thumbs down to all that it's shit. It's
1: just it's making sure um, it doesn't work. I think right. we're,
0: we're a bit over. Yeah, we're a bit over two and a half hours. Wow. Um, I think we had I think we really laid out a beautiful story for people and your story, and I'd really like to um probably gonna have to sign off soon just because we've been we've been at it, but uh, I'd love to engage this conversation further and also just. Get updates about what's going on with the, the the drug system, cannabis, and other things that come up in Canada. So I'd love to keep this dialogue open yeah, and flowing. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, awesome. And then, um, is if there's any particular organizations or your own socials or anything you'd like to um, mention real quick for
1: folks watching? Well, I mean, there's they can follow me. I'm my show is called the AAA Show. It's on YouTube, or uh, which stands for Advocates, uh, Activists, and Afflicted or just think of the AAA show or nice. Brick's Carlisle. and uh yeah I've got and you follow me and I I support a lot of the, the other this organization cannabis substitution program like I not only support it on my through my social media I'm there in person supporting it you know live you know uh, so I mean if I nice. think I mean I think that if we could have more uh, uh, no do, no cost no cost cannabinoid replacement therapies around we could probably help a lot of different addiction issues with without the risk of of methadone, methadose, metadol, or all the other yeah. other opioid replacements that they'll give them that don't get them off it. But when you get high dose mushrooms and high dose cannabis, you can actually help people undo the mental addiction, help yes. over help them deal with the emotional trauma that's getting them there. And yeah. now you're going to have uh, you know an individual that it's going to be maybe able to be housed, maybe able to be you know, made comfortable, you know, those steps have to start at the beginning to to move backwards, you know, and we need, like I'm doing, mobile pop-up, you know, where the people need it, you know, right in the heart of the downtown east side, in the heart of the, you know, the districts of the different cities where homeless are being living, that's where we need these pop-ups or RVs to to give the support where it's needed, you know, where people that that actually benefit from it can get it. You know, not near or close by or, or a price range they can't access, but, you know, low, do- low no. cost, no cost for people Moment. that are, you know, really in danger of dying, overdose or otherwise. And that's where, you know, life-saving cannabis comes in. That's where my mind has been for my whole life. And, um, you know, it's, I, I wish others were, were, had like minds like me that were, you know, that had, you know, that had the, the funding and the wherewithal that we could, you know, push these issues on a grand scale, I wish I could fund, you know, a documentary about just the emergency medical cannabis things that I've seen, and you know, to make the world have yeah. to see the truth about medical cannabis—not the truth that the dialogue is presenting, but the real truth.
0: Agreed. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, no Thank problem. Thank you. And I really, I'm, I'm really inspired by your story. I think people are going to be really into it. And as I shared with you real briefly joe and i are, are going to start doing my friend joe that does what's good with me you're going to start doing something similar here in san francisco Yeah, i love it i love it so wish yeah, us well, luck. well i mean if you need to pick my
1: brain i got a lot of experience with it now right
0: <laughs> oh yeah this is this is only the beginning both on on recorded as well as just off recording and and, and us just talking and i'm really stoked to have, have met you and um i'll make sure to get all your links as well we'll put the links to your youtube and everything in our show description so other people ha- can li- uh, access it very easily cool and until then, keep keep doing the Lord's work, and and I uh, hope uh, bless uh, wish you a lot of fun, a lot of good health continued, and thank you for your outreach to the people uh, in Vancouver and beyond.
1: No problem, you're welcome. Thank you.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Thanks, brother Brian. You Have too. Have a beautiful day. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye.